From Baltimore, Maryland, this is The Stoop Sessions, a One Hope podcast. Join us for conversations about ministry on The Stoop. Learn more about our work at www.onehope.gives. Welcome back to The Stoop. Hello. Hey. Hey, I'm Eric Hill. I'm Stephanie Greer. And I am Joel Kurz, K-U-R-Z. And Joel Kurz, you are a white guy. Hmm. No. The last name gave it away. A white guy, (laughs) pastoring Mm -hmm. in a black neighborhood. I never, I've never, I've never even thought about that. Me neither. You never (laughs) noticed. Yeah. He's just so cool. Like, I just never Yeah, I lived in his face. It's because I usually. Are you saying white people aren't cool? No, no, no. It's probably because I'm usually staring at the pulpit and it's a little higher than me and I'm I'm looking at Jay's. It's because you guys are colorblind and you don't see race. Are we heading in the right direction in this conversation right now? But seriously, I don't think I've ever met a black man with the last name Kurz. Probably not going to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Eric's like, let me put it to you plainly. (laughs) You're probably not going to. You won't. But I know that, you know, some of our listeners are white. Mm -hmm. And I think um, it would be worth an episode talking to you, being a white pastor. (laughs) Talking about being white? (laughs) Being a white pastor in the black neighborhood. Okay. I think you can give us give us some wisdom for those maybe for white pastors who may be playing churches in, in black neighborhoods. Mm. All right. So First, I, you gotta I'll speak ask for all white people. Well, yeah, because it's a monolith, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's sarcasm. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we just got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. Um, but yeah, first let's talk about it. Why would a white Dude, plant a church in a black neighborhood. Was that should, your aim? Should or why? Should and why? Yeah. So first of all, I'm German Welsh English. You better bring up your ethnicity. You better address <laughs> the social construct that is race. <laughs> Am I going to let Joel Kerr's actually talk? Hey, it in is this true interview? though. Race no, is a social it. construct, and it that's is. something that nobody ought to disagree with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's always true. asking people, "What are you? Oh, I'm just white. I'm just right. white. No, you're right. not. Right. One human race. Multi- yeah, I mean. Yeah, we address it. Revelations 5, all that right. good stuff. Acts 17. I don't right. want to get into critical race theory debates today. Please don't. don't but care. it is worth saying that, like, you know, I think it's right on to say that white was likely an invention. You know, the word, the, the, the concept was an invention of white supremacy mm-hmm. to over the slavery issue. I mean, is that debated? It is, but it shouldn't be. It is right. debated? It is debated. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And Joel, <laughs> you'll learn about Joel. He's like, what is, oh, is this an issue? <laughs> I try it to It is stay an issue, debates. yeah. It is an issue. It is debated, but it shouldn't be. I actually be. end up in tons of debates because I- Stay out of them. Try to stay out. I thought I stayed out of debates. <laughs> <laughs> and then I say, oh, I didn't know social justice was a problematic <laughs> phrase. Meanwhile, Joel's reading something from 3 BC, like from, I don't know, 5 BC. And he's like, oh, I just read it in this ancient book. It's not 3 BC. I just can't remember the date. Anyway, Joel's white. Yeah. That's as far as we've gotten Descendant here. Descendant of a German immigrant. My, my great, great, great granddaddy came here to uh, make a fortune. He left his silver <laughs> industry family in Germany came here, supposedly lost all of his family inheritance on a shipwreck in New York or something like that, ended up in Oklahoma living out his days in poverty as a sharecropper. 
Man, and okay, Joel, I've been to your house. You have the cool plaque, the uh-huh. cool plaques on your wall, mm-hmm. right there next to Uncle Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. There is right. There is a picture, um, black and white photo of your. Is it your grandfather? No, that's on the other side. Oh. So that's my dad's. The Kurs is German ancestry. Okay. And then the other side is uh, great grandfather Morrison, who fought in the Civil War, shook Abraham Lincoln's hand. Oh wow. Yeah, he was like from New York. Gotcha. But yeah, those are those are my uh, family Joel's backgrounds. ethnic background here. Yep. So people call me white. So what made you want to plant a church in a black neighborhood? Um, you know, I never set out to plant a church in a black neighborhood per se. I moved to Baltimore initially. When we first were moving here, I thought I would end up in kind of a hipster sort of scene. I... Uh, <laughs> 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 so not me, right? right. I I'm like, I'm not going to say any words, I but I just laugh. couldn't keep myself. Um, I mean, I just, when I first thought about planting a church in Baltimore, I actually didn't think I could because I didn't think I would do well, you know, being a white guy. And, and um, but then I found that Baltimore's got these little enclaves of like, you know, hip, hipsters and artists. And I thought, okay, maybe I'll end up in like the cultural center of Baltimore, you know? And the more we uh, pursued things and kind of connected with people, and then once I actually moved here, the, the, I began reaching people from West Baltimore and be, began reaching people from the community that we live in. And I drifted just a couple blocks over to where we're at. And uh, it wasn't maybe until, I don't know, a couple of years in that I kind of realized, like, I really want to reach this neighborhood because I see such a gospel need here. Mm. And... and um, there is, I began to see this, the fact that we just neglect the poorest of the poor. And I, and I would say white, black, Latino. Uh, the least of these. Yeah, that's right. Native Americans, yeah. perhaps. So I, yeah, I was, motiv- I was driven by sort of this gospel like who else is here and so mm-hmm. let me just I've, I'm, I'm reaching people from this context I'm planting a church here you know so it wasn't like I set out to to be a white guy in a black neighborhood as a matter of fact I always thought like maybe I'm going to be the heart the worst thing about our church yeah. <laughs> you know maybe I'll be the reason that people don't come mm. yeah. but people kept coming and so I just kept moving along and that's still kind of the case today you know I've, I feel like from week to week, maybe I'll, um, you know, if somebody else's, if my, if my white skin ever gets in the way, um, yeah. and I've told Stephanie this before, like, just let me know and I can dip out and go do something else. Yeah. Which we'd argue, is that even the right way of thinking, which is probably why you're still here. Yeah, maybe it's not the right way of thinking, but all, I, all I'm saying is, is that I just don't want to be a hurdle, yeah. right. you know, to the gospel. I get and, that. Um, but, you know, God just keeps giving growth yeah. and there's fruitfulness. And so it really is something that has just happened. Yeah. When, so when you actually came here, when mm-hmm. you made a decision, planted church here, did you come in like with your, like a know-it-all yeah. type attitude or did you actually take Sa- the time to listen? White savior, here I come. <laughs> did you take the, how much did you take the time <laughs> to like listen to, you know, like people, like black people, right. people in That's the, good. in the uh, community like that you were. Uh, for that answer right there. I came listening, Eric. You did. But did you? 
Man, aren't we all a mixed bag? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to say. If, yeah. Yeah, I do think that God gave me grace to listen. If anything, it was out of you know sheer ignorance of like, man, I feel like I need to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I have never lived in a black community before right. before this one, and so certainly lots of learning, lots of listening, um, and at the same time, like I think probably mixed with pride I think I mean I feel like I'm always peeling back layers of sin mm. and oh, yeah. I have plenty to confess you know and I have confessed cultural superiority mm-hmm. uh, plenty of times yeah. you know just thinking like oh my goodness like I I just all, I just assumed that X, Y, and Z was the right way to do it mm. but that's not biblical that's just my right. cultural superiority at play you know so I feel like I've always been in a, in a sense confessing before God and, and you know I've got good friends yeah with you and, and so many others mm-hmm. that we've, we've just had Stephanie have had, and I have had hours and hours of conversation on culture yeah. just trying to parse apart these, all of these sort of things. Yeah. So. That's good that, that you bring that up. I, so you, you listened um, and, and you were confronted and you, you were convicted and there's mm-hmm. a mixture, but who did you choose to listen to? I guess, how did, yeah. how did one, how did you get the pulse on? This is my neighborhood. This is what matters. Um, this is what makes people tick. Yeah, I think I mentioned this. I feel like I mentioned this in one of our early episodes on on the stoop sessions. But one of our neighbors, the woman that lived above us, was my uh, adopted mother or aunt in Baltimore. As 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 I came here, she was my uh, just took me under her wing and. And uh, she would take us to the farmer's market and show us around and different things. And she would just talk. And uh, I, I remember, I, I, which I, I do think I talked about this. So if you're listening and you've already heard me say this before, I apologize. But mm. uh, she was the first person that said that integration uh, was first person I heard say integration was not good for black Baltimore. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I thought integration was just a good thing, period. And she pressed in and she was like well integration really just destroyed the black businesses and and black hospitals closed and a market in in which black store owners struggled to compete was developed and so she was like you know segregation wasn't better right but integration wasn't just simply this golden era of uh, arrival that we would like to think it was so again causing you to look at things that's my example. And a lot yeah. of, yeah, different perspectives, different realities, yeah. and the mixed bag that is painting yeah. in, in a neighborhood like ours. Seeking to understand. So so walk us through some of the things that you've learned. Like as you planted this church in West Baltimore, mm-hmm. that might be helpful for white pastor who's thinking about planting a church in the urban community, in the black community. Yeah, which I've, I, I will say this, don't hate me, but I have encouraged a lot of white guys to go to white communities, all right? And that's not because I'm some some kind of like uh, anti-multicultural, uh, cross-cultural guy. Right. I've just I've just met a lot of uh, a lot of folks who I'm like, you know, the way you're wired, you would just do really well over here in this poor white neighborhood, yeah. and nobody's going over there. So instead of going to um, a minority neighborhood. Why don't you actually go over to this white neighborhood where you're going to have one less hurdle in yeah. some ways, you know? So all that to say, I, uh, I think on one hand, what, one, one thing I have learned, there can be a level of 
sexiness. Can I use that word as it you relates can. to ministry? Yeah, here you Come can. On. All right, you there can, can you there can be a level a level of <laughs> sexiness about being a church planter in a black neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're, I can't tell you how many people who have come to me and they're like, man, you are really, and really I I think typically what they mean is, is wow, look at you reaching black people. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so there's a a kind of celebration. Like an extra badge on your, yeah. um, And I didn't expect that going in, but I felt that at times over the years Mm. of like a celebration of just simply the fact that I've got black people in my church. Yeah bro, you're doing really well. You're doing something, you know? Yeah. And so those are the kind of guys that I just really want to push back against. I appreciate that, though. Yeah. I really do. Because I think it wouldn't be helpful for probably the individual and, like, the the context, the, the people that, you know, yeah. it wouldn't be helpful either way. Yeah. Like, you want to put somebody in a position where it's best suited for like their gifts, their personality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, yeah. I can appreciate that. That's, yeah. that's good, bro. And it's a protection from yeah. here, look at my black friends. Right. Or it's a, it's a protection. Yep. That's all I wanted to say. I was trying to give another statement, but that's all I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's a protection. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the core of someone who's genuinely um, heartfelt, loves who they are, it's, it's a good protection to say, you have not made it if you if you are able to kind of put black people as your trophy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and that might apply to every, yeah. maybe not every ethnicity, but yeah. I think largely like there can't we can have these sort of ideas of like these multicultural or cross cultural ideals where we define success for sure. For you know, sure. so yeah. like you know I've, I have a Korean American pastor friend who really struggle with the fact that he was uh, that he was seeing a lot of Korean Americans coming to his church because he didn't want to be a Korean church. You know what I'm saying? And so I think no matter what our background, we can have some of these these facade uh, ideas of success that and, and, and yeah, and, and I think for some white pastors, I think certainly being cross-cultural can be one of those markers of like you're really killing it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think along with that is this, this hatred of your own ethnicity mm-hmm. that can, that, you know, it's easy to hate yeah. white people today. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, it's right. popular. Like, yeah, I mean, you guys don't hate white people. No, nah, man, you might, you're one of my best friends, bro. It's easy, but it's silent. easy. It's no, easy I was just looking white. at the love that they had in their eyes. That's why I was That's silent. Guy, they just man. had a good moment. <laughs> Oh my God. I love Joel. It's easy for white people to hate white people. Like that's, you know, it, it's really hip today. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I say white, I'm not talking just about I'm not talking about whiteness. I'm not talking right. about white supremacy. I'm just talking about ethnically, yeah, light skinned people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, it's easy to hate. And all that to say, like it, here, here's what happens is is if that's the case, and you're a pastor, you know, and you want to go to a black community, say you don't want to go to people that look like you because you're afraid that you would be too identified mm. with them. You know, mm. poor white people are probably some of the most overlooked in some ways in missions. Mm. Like I'm thinking Appalachian trailer parks and th- things like, you know, right. because, uh, you know, white dude who goes there could be too easily identified. And so it's easier for him to go to a minority neighborhood because he's going to stick out 
Mm. You know, he's not going to be easily identified with the poor. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, these are things that you're I really wrestled with over the class, years. You're stepping yeah. on assumptions. You're stepping on a lot of of things. And then if you do end up going to the black community, you're just using them as a tool mm-hmm. to make yourself feel better, to, you know, remedy some kind of guilt that you might feel. And it's just a mess all around. So yeah. we just really got to be checking our motives. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But to the one that actually does it. Yeah. How would you, what, what advice would you, would you give them? Yeah, some more wisdom? tips. So, number one, be yourself. That's right. Have you guys ever seen Malibu's Most Wanted? <laughs> What's the dude's name in that movie? Um, I forgot. It's been a while, but, yep. Yeah, oh, gosh. Wild, bro. Oh, man. That was wild. Yeah. The way he dressed. Yeah, it was, it was funny. That's a cultural counterfeit, you know? Yeah. That's like mm. somebody who's just trying to trying hard to appropriate some other culture to fit in you know and i i think there's ways that we might be tempted to do that you know so Mm -hmm. you know i'm not saying that you should um not change anything you know like I, i think of hudson taylor who changed his appearance changed his whole look and adopted adopted uh a Chinese culture in order to reach the Chinese. And I think that there's something that's um, something about our missional context that sh- might shape our dress or our style or our, our language, you know, anything yeah. offensive or anything that would be confusing or an obstacle, yeah. you know, like, yeah. so it's not to say that we shouldn't think about those things at the same time, though, you can clearly tell when somebody's just oh, not yeah. being themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The yo-yos for me, it's yo-yos. the yo-yos for me. When yeah. you don't say yo in your normal vernacular, right. your normal everyday speech, <laughs> yeah. and it's, I feel like it's kind of like a scene. I say yo. You do. Yeah, but it's... So you, but you say yeah. yo to everybody, okay. right? Yeah. And you get really excited, like 80s drawings, yeah. like yo, yo, yo. It like, never sounds you. awkward. Yeah, yeah, Like I know it's genuine when I hear it. It's, it's like, consistent. Okay, yeah, that's that's yeah. all. We're asking you to be yourself. If that's who you are, then live there. But if you switch it up when someone of a different hue comes up, a different complexion. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, all right. Co- code switching in the, in the opposite. Yeah. Code switching. Can we talk about code switching? Uh, because, you know, some of the listeners might not know what code switching is. Stephanie? Yeah, I mean, we've only been doing it since 1619. Mm. We've been code switching for quite a while. Mm. But um, it is just really, I mean, the, the good definition of it, if there's a positive side, is just, you know, changing to fit your context. The not so positive side is when you change to assimilate to a context mm. to be accepted. So you, so you don't think code switching is always bad? I personally don't, I, in the sense of if I'm going to my grandma's house, yeah, I'm not walking up into my grandma's house sitting on her couch that's got plastic wrap over it. Oh, or no, no I'm not no. walking into that living room that's not touched with the china that we've never been able yeah. to use. No, did I did I appropriate? But if I'm at my if yeah. I'm in a friend's house, I understand. I'm, I'm in her fridge. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I so dare not. So all things to all people yeah. so that I might win so some is not some, code switching. Yeah, if there we define go. the definitions, you know, I feel like it's gone through a lot of different forms. But for that particular definition, am I going to adapt to my context? That's fine. That, that's a good positive form mm-hmm. of code switching. Am I going to change my language and even words that I use? Yeah, maybe. But mm-hmm. am I going to change my whole, switch up my whole identity for the sake of being right. accepted by someone else? You know when you're doing it, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, yeah, because then you make black people your God. And that's so con- mm. that's so concerning. Wow. You think Especially I cold switch? I mean, I think you need to, I think, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think that you adapt for your context, you know, when you're taking care of your patients, you're kind, you're taking a step to listen. When you're, ta- when you're playing Madden, 
Be loud. That's right. Quiet you if you're winning. Back to school bash. Right, That's right. Fine. So yeah, do you adapt? So to your we conduct? certainly all have different for sure. aspects of who we are that we present for different reasons. Right. But code switching, as what you're saying, would be negative. Would be sort of a trying to really appropriate a culture, which even maybe in a um, you know opposite sense in which we typically talk about appropriation, but taking on it could be a majority culture and based on your assumptions of what is okay in that culture you know right. i've had people try to code switch with to, me and i'm i'm an immigrant's kid i'm very confused about what yeah. they're saying i'm like oh ah, you you saw martin and, and negatively too i think right? what we're talking about is some people particularly black people had had to code switch yes. in order to make it in yes, society and maybe it. even still today at times yeah. you know which is different than you putting your best foot forward exactly right Exactly. So be real. Yeah, be real. Be, be, be real. Be yourself. Be authentic. Yeah. Exactly. What's um, another tip? Um, I would say don't be defensive. Don't when. Yeah, don't get defensive. I, I I have learned. I'm learning to not be defensive. Period. You know, right. I'm trying to be a less less of a defensive person, and uh, I think there are certainly times when accusations might be made of racism or cultural prejudice or Mm -hmm. cultural superior or whatever that might be. And, or even maybe it's not against me, but it's against another white person or something like that, you know, and there can easily be this sort of quick rise to defensiveness, Mm. you know, because, well, you don't know, you don't understand my, my, uh, my, I don't know, whatever, my family member. And, um, and I would just say, like, have we not ever been haughty? Have I, have I never been proud? You know, like mm. uh, Charles Spurgeon put it this way. He said, if any, if any man thinks ill of you, do not be angry with him, for you are worse than he thinks you to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sheesh. So, Only you knew. Right. So I have no reason to be defensiveness. You might be wrong on that point. Um, you know, let's say I'm accused of racism. I don't think I'm being racist. You know, I, I, my conscience is clear. Um, maybe you're wrong on that, but I'm actually much worse than you realize I am, you know? And uh, so I don't have to respond with with defensiveness. Yeah. That takes a level of humility. Yeah, that's why, yeah. It's, that's why it's tough, man. It is. Yeah. For all of us. Oh, definitely. No, I, I feel you on that, bro. I'm learning that too, mm-hmm. not to be so defensive. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to all the situations. Um, no, I, I think, um, you know, we were talking about racism as a church a couple months back or a couple weeks back. Y'all know I don't know how to count it days. Comes. It's all one whole blur <laughs> and three-hour segments. Um, we were talking about um, racism a couple weeks back, and we were talking about how racism is the, like, unforgivable sin or it's mm-hmm. seen as the unforgivable yeah. sin. And so I think... When you talk about not being defensive, I'm, this is me not accusing everyone of blatant racism, but I think, um, I believe if we're sinners, that means we can sin. And mm. one way that we can sin is racism. The hope is that all sins can be forgiven. Right. And so when it's like, do not be defensive, I think of pastors asking themselves, where have I seen my preferences yeah. Um, go loud and what things do I get really annoyed at that people bring up when I hear things like hey you might prefer your culture yeah. am I immediately trying to defend myself or am I thinking hmm 
do I and in what way? So, yes, don't hate your ethnicity, but then recognize that we are in the economy of we're sinners being redeemed and yeah. sanctification is happening. And so um, I think it's also important to 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 maybe not go into a different racial context if you're not even willing to admit yeah. that you have shortcomings and that yeah. you can struggle with partiality. Yeah, We all have blind spots. Right. All of us. Yeah. And the point of blind spots is what? We can't see them. Can't see and them, so I man. need my brother. I need my sister That's to say, right. hey. You can't see this, but this is what it's at. So that's good. You didn't ask you me for that tip. You gotta receive it too the right way. And that's what I'm saying. If yeah, you yeah. have, and the the thing is, yep, that's good. You're talking about tips specifically, but I think these qualities will come out in a lot of other different ways. Let me mm-hmm. tell you, if you're not qualified to be a white pastor planning in a black neighborhood, you're probably not qualified in some other things that maybe you need some time mm. to work through character flaws. Mm. That's it. That's just how I read Timothy. Could, I'm done now. Yeah, it does. It doesn't mean you're. The qualifications no, change yeah. from context right. to context, but it does mean that certain contexts can expose mm-hmm. aspects where we might not be qualified. Right. Ha- that may not have ever been exposed because we n- we're never in that context. And guess what we get to do? Go to the cross. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Sure. All right. Continue Across on. the board. Well, and also with what you had just mentioned there, racism is the unforgivable sin in our culture. I think a lot of Christians have bought that, which I, I think is why so many Christians are defensive. Yep. On on any any slight suggestion that they might have some race racism or ra- or you know ethnically prejudiced yeah. tendencies to but put they, it that way. If they're labeled that way, then they're going to be canceled. Right, right. Yeah. And so we argue tooth and nail like yep. there no, um, that's not what that was. You know, there's no yeah. partiality in my soul. We don't just arrive at sanctification. You know, we don't just get over... What sin have you ever just got over? Tell me. And you never struggled with it again, ever. You know what I mean? Like, sin is something we, we put to death daily. You know, so yeah. I have to regularly put to death um, sins of partiality right. and pride, which all are just at the root of what the world calls racism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, let's not be defensive. Let's Let's have a... Honest and and humble, and I guess humility would be just my my other tip. Just be humble, yeah. you know. Let's let's strive for humility, and, and I'm saying that to myself as well. I mean, I'm certainly extremely humble myself. I'm proud of. You're the most humble man. <laughs> proud that of you know. Absolutely. You know when I struggle to be humble, I always look back at Philippians two, man. That passage about what Christ did, like mm. the humility that mm. He showed, it's always a good reminder, like. Yeah, having a, I'm not doing it right. So I just always and, go back. And to you know that. what Paul's application is on that? You know, as Christ lays aside his glory and mm-hmm. comes to, in the form of a servant, his application is let this mind be in you. That's right. Mm-hmm. Same mind that was in Christ. Jesus. Right. Yeah. Right. So we are to lay down our lives yeah. for the for the good of others, mm. and that's 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 humility. So I think we need to hold our own culture with a sense of humility as well. Maybe all of us, but I, I, as a white guy, I'm talking about white people in particular. Um, you know, we do have a, a culture, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes we don't realize that. Like, I think sometimes, and this isn't a unique thought. Of course, many people have said this, but sometimes I think we think that we're normal and right. that everybody else has, like, an ethnic culture, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But we have our own ethnic culture. Yeah. I'm not an extremely emotional individual. I've got a very dry sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, is that, is that because, is that my godliness? You know, is that my biblical conviction or is that, is that part of my culture, you know? Gotcha. And if I am not humble about my own culture, 
then I might subtly uh, lift up my culture as sort of the way to be godly. Right. And I end up with a very reserved, non-emotional church. Mm. You know, people that are created in my image. Mm. Whereas wow. if, I, if I hold my culture loosely and with humility, then that means that maybe my church could challenge me and challenge some of my own instincts and cultural values, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe, uh, uh, so I, I've actually gotten to the point where I wish I was more emotional. You know, I wish I could shout like some of the people that might shout in our church or cry on, uh, uh during, while we sing a song. You know, I wish that I had some of that. Mm, the emotional, um, I'm the highly emotional person. I'm like, I roll. I wish I wasn't so much. Yeah. Well, but that's emotional. another conversation. And I don't know if this is like white culture. Eric is like, I'm a, I'm a cry for my Lord. I'm fine with that. Listen, you better. I wish somebody would. I basically come to the stoop to get counsel. He's like, I God died for me. Uh, He is the crier. But let's but let's be let's be real though. In like reform circles, you know, uh, which are largely shaped by Eurocentric sort of cultural values. Mm -hmm. That's taboo. Yeah, there's a little bit of a reservation yeah. as it relates to how we how we worship. You know, it's a little more. And I get I, I was brought up in in that style, and so I get it. You know, I mm-hmm. get the whole like, um, you know, I'm a little concerned when somebody's like being too emotional because I'm not sure if that's legit. Because I wouldn't be legit if I was acting like that. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. yeah. But but yeah, that, we've just got to be humble with those things and, and and recognize that if we're not careful, that we could make disciples in our own image and yeah. require people to assimilate into our culture yeah. in order to enjoy table fellowship in our church. Mm. Yeah. So that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's encouraging for the, for the pastor with the genuine heart who's like, I, uh, what am I doing here? Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I think they're helpful tips. You got too. any reasons um, for why people shouldn't plant? Um, you know, I think... Uh, I feel like I've already stated those. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I you think it, we, we really just need to check our, our motives. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly the Bible calls us to cross-cultural missions. Yeah. Um, you know, Paul was a chameleon, and he would go from mm. Gentiles to, to, to Jews. And mm-hmm. I mean, I could just show you one uh, example after another in the scriptures of cross-cultural work. So I, I don't think anybody could ever make a case for the fact that we should only go to those who look like us That's and are good. of the same culture. That's good. I mean, you'd have to show me. look at the, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Great Commission. It says just to, to go. Good to go. Yeah. Go to the nation. The yeah. only people who look say, like you. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Is there a reason that you think you'll be fruitful in that culture and context, you know? Mm. So if we think of calling, like I like that threefold paradigm of calling, and that is a desire, mm-hmm. an opportunity, and gifting. You know, you might have the desire for a certain context, uh, and maybe you're able to kind of parse those uh, motivations. And you, you, as far as you can tell, it's pure. Yeah. You might have an opportunity. You know, maybe somebody's willing to fund you or yeah. hire you. You know, but is there a gifting for that context? Yeah. You know, and I think that that third question would be a reason that some people might not go to any context. Yeah. You know, uh, regardless of your skin color. But I'm just not gifted. In, yeah. that, in that kind of context to be, to be yeah. effective, you know? So I would say, do you have evidence that there's fruitfulness and a, a sort of a gifting in this context? Yeah. Um, 
And then also, who are your mentors? You know, if, if we're going to be trying to reach people of a certain culture, do I have mentors that are from that culture that can help me, that can teach me, that, can, mm. that I can kind of sit under? Just some thoughts. Take it or leave it. But yeah, you're right, Eric. We're taking we're helpful, it. I am yeah, white. Yeah. You are white. What people call white. Yeah. But here I am. Because it, it would be hard for me to be like, you are German with a little, you know, it's a long, it's a long yeah. sentence each time. Yeah. Can we do an a episode on your Haitian background? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm here. I'm Nula, Nuled. That's a that's We a really place. should. Yeah. <laughs> Vladimir has a Haitian background, right? He does. Yeah. They're, they're, he's fully Haitian. Yeah, we should do an episode with you on what does it feel like to be from Baltimore? And you've got people that are not from Baltimore, yeah, a.k.a. Stephanie and I, yeah. who are coming to your city. How does that make you feel? Do you, have, do you ever feel like, hey, what are these we can handle this here? without you? Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that on the next episode. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I really <laughs> no, want to know now. No, I feel like there's something there. Yeah. Well, this has been good, guys. I, uh, my wife is making a casserole at home, so anyway, LOL. We'll hurry home to have some casserole LOL. and uh, what kind? Green bean casserole. That's a favorite. Isn't you uh-huh. are you bringing that up? Maybe a little corn souffle. Okay. Is that for real? Maybe. Uh, I haven't tasted her I chicken pot pie in a long time, and you that's know pretty what? good. That bro. chicken pot pie. That's goes the first in. meal I had at his house. Wait, then that's the first that's meal we, we had. had. Yeah. It's our friend anniversary. It's our. our it was good. Five chicken pot my, my wife makes a killer chicken pot pie. down. But yeah, it's let me just dispel one myth. Tell we us. don't eat casseroles at every meal, only on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can testify to that. Yeah. Unless you're, unless you, actually, I think my mom probably makes a casserole once a week. Shout out to at Shirley. Least growing up. Shout out to Shirley. Yeah. Hey, you just mentioned Christmas, though, real quick. Uh huh. We got to watch Clark Griswold, man. I got the cup. Mmm. Cheers. I looked at my cup today, man. I was opening up the cabinet. It was right there. Reindeer. We can eggnog. skip fall and eggnog, go straight man. to eggnog yeah. season and supporting One Hope. Yeah. That's usually what we do. We <laughs> have eggnog. We ask you to support One yeah. Hope. Yeah. And if they want to support One Hope, what website do they go to? Onehope.give slash donate. Yep. That's right. So be us to Christmas <laughs> and then see us at Christmas and That's New right. Year's. That's Haitians, right. we blend it all together. We can talk about Haiti. Yeah. We should. We should. Oh, Haiti. Let's yeah. move on. And we'd love to hear from you. You yeah. know, if you are uh, a, a white dude that's thinking about this context, it'd be interesting to hear some of your thoughts or in the context. And if you're uh, black or brown, uh, if you've got some different perspectives, uh, maybe you totally disagree with some of the things we said. It'd be interesting to hear your thoughts. Right. Feel free to hit, hit us up at info at onehope.gives. Mail time. <laughs> the white guy signing off. All right. Next time, on see you stoop. on the stoop. Thanks for listening to the Stoop Sessions. Be sure to catch us next time. As One Hope exists to build healthy churches in the inner city, check us out and connect at www.onehope.gives.